I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers will play the Washington Capitals tomorrow. Caps in action right now. After the first period in a 2-2 tie with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Also, the Winnipeg Jets leading Philly 1-0 early in the second period. Kyle Connor has his 25th late in the first. The Senators up 1-0 on the New York Islanders. Panthers 2, Rangers 1. That's about four minutes into the second period. The Maple Leafs all over the Devils tonight in the second period. 4-0 lead for the Buds. Austin Matthews scoring again, 29th of the season. Mitch Marner has his 13th. 1-1 Sharks and Lightning in the second period. Kraken and Bruins scoreless. That's early in the second period. Coming up later... More Pacific Division teams in action. Calgary's going to play Dallas and the Canucks and Predators just getting underway. Coyotes and Avalanche later. Sabres and Golden Knights later. And yes, the Edmonton Oilers are on 630 Ched tomorrow. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey will start with the face-off show at 3.30. The game will start at 5 as the Oilers begin the second half of the season. Tom Brady has retired. One of the greatest draft picks in Montreal Expos history in terms of overall athletic accomplishments, maybe not so much what he did with the Expos. We'll talk more about Brady and his legacy from a big Brady and New England fan, our buddy Blake Dermott, a little bit later on tonight. 22 seasons in the NFL for Brady, uh, 10 trips to the Super Bowl. He won seven of them, lost three, five-time MVP of the Super Bowl, three-time NFL MVP. I mean, you, you know the resume. Pretty good for a, dry, a guy drafted 199th overall in 2000. 199th overall in his draft year. Goes on to be the greatest NFLer of all time. Pretty amazing story. We'll uh, dive into that as we move along tonight as well. So the Oilers at the halfway point of the season uh, are 22-16-3. and three which in terms of being on a playoff pace is very, very borderline. That is 47 points. So on pace for 94, that is a 573 points percentage. They are tied for fourth in the Pacific Division using points percentage. And I will use points percentage because teams are are so uh, varied in terms of the number of games that they have played. So I'll use points percentage. So that 573 has Edmonton tied for fourth in their division and uh, tied for ninth in the Western Conference. So just out of a playoff spot at the moment for the Oilers. So as we've been talking about, they're going to have to pick it up at least a touch to get into the postseason. So that is the story there. Another story for Edmonton is how they got there. My, oh, my. <laughs> uh, the, I'll do it this way. The first 21 games of the season, they were 16-5. and five. They had a goal differential of plus 19. Their power play was 35.9%. And the penalty killing, perhaps an even bigger story than the power play, the penalty killing was 87.7%. That was through 21 games. The last 20 games for the Oilers, 
6 11 and 3 and that's having gone 4 0 and 1 in the last 5 6 11 and 3 over the last 20 games goal differential of minus 20 a power play of 17.7% which is 25th in the NHL during that span and, and but I, I believe you can survive having a subpar power play but you can't survive having a subpar or downright rotten penalty kill and quite frankly the Oilers penalty kill has been downright rotten over the last 20 games 64.3% that's last in the NHL over that span so just a massive discrepancy in in the results for Edmonton through the first quarter and the second quarter of the season you know 22 16 and 3 if they'd gone um, you know, three, two, and one, or or something like that, or uh, four, you know, three and one in every eight game segment. Maybe we'd be feeling a little better about things, but just seeing them be so high and then so low, obviously, is concerning. The team has changed recently with the addition of Evander Kane. Uh, we'll see how he fits in, how it continues to affect the top nine forwards. And it was interesting last night with the Oilers trying to tie the game and then take the lead in the third period that the bench was okay it wasn't interesting that the bench was shortened that happens all the time but it was Zach Cassian demoted and it was Warren Fogle demoted and two players that I, I would think the Oilers need in their top nine and uh, need to be contributing players at least to some extent and both those players are, are, are bigger guys quicker guys who when they're on their game can get in and grind a little bit um I mean, I think with casting at this point, we've obviously seen an inconsistent player over the last few seasons here in Edmonton. We're still getting to know Fogel uh, a, a little bit. I, I think mostly he's come as advertised since uh, being traded over from the Carolina Hurricanes. So uh, anyway, just some thoughts there after last night's game, which the Oilers lost 3-2 in overtime to the Ottawa Senators. The game-winning goal, Tim Stutza. Did he pick his spot or did Koskinen give him too much of a spot to hit? That continues to be the debate on plays like that, and that is something that Kelly Rudy and I will talk about between 6.30 and 7. The former NHL goaltender always has a lot of opinions on modern goaltending, shall we say, and uh, a lot of opinions on goals like that. So he's going he's gonna to break it down in a very detailed manner about how that puck went in. because uh, I, And I guess it's not just that individual goal. Because every goaltender will give up a goal from time to time where you think like, oh man, he kind of whiffed on that one or did he make the uh, right decision or whatever. With Koskinen, we see it more often than we would like and we see him get beat over the shoulders more often than we would like, which is a little frustrating for a player who is six foot seven. And I get the, the, the sentiment and Rob and I raised it last night and we had a couple of calls from you about it. Why doesn't he just stand up or why doesn't he just come out another foot or two and take more of the net away? So it's, it's a worthwhile discussion to have. And I think you're going to appreciate the way that Kelly breaks it down. I'm always happy to hear from you. Of course, the hotline is presented by certain teed 780-496-0063 certain teed professional grade building materials. You can follow me on Twitter. If you want a uh, really uh, boring person to follow on twitter at reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s and of course you can email the show inside sports at 630ched.com okay what else can i tell you it is february 1st it is february 1st so does that take you back a little bit to february 1st two years ago Bear shot redirected behind Talbot, poked in by Gagne, but it's going to be waved off. And now Talbot lands a couple of shots on Gagne. Yeah, there's and history. Quickly, there's history between Giordano and Gagne. goes after 
from behind, and now we've got a wild scrum with fights breaking out all over the place. Manjapani and Jason. Giordano has Gagne wrapped up, and Matthew Kachuk and Ethan Bear are going to drop the gloves. Bear belts him with the right hand. Kachuk counters with a straight right. Right hook, Ethan Bear. Left jab, Matthew Kachuk. And now we're going to have a goalie fight. Bear throws the right hand. Here comes Cam Talbot and Mike Smith. They're going to go in center ice. Talbot short with the right hand. Smith, three clubbing right hands. Right hand Talbot. Big right-handed shot from Mike Smith. This is the battle of Alberta we've been waiting for for three decades. Well, I remember that. And maybe Jack Michael's most memorable call of all time on 630 Chet and the Oilers radio network. That was two years ago today. Jack Michaels is in Toronto. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For the game between the Oilers and Washington, we'll find out why next on Inside Sports. He's the most famous person ever to come out of Pennsylvania. My good friend Jack Michaels is on the line. How are you doing, Jack? I don't know about that, Reed. I, I think I'm probably top five. I don't know whether about most famous, though. <laughs> just, just, well, fair enough. But I mean, I think if, yeah. if I were doing the list, you'd be top one. Now, now, can you name a few off the top of your head? Uh, Dan Marino? Yep. Uh, John Barrymore. Is John Barrymore from Pennsylvania? I didn't know I that. I think so. Uh, I believe Kobe Bryant. I know John Barrymore is pictured uh, lounging at Lake Louise when I've gone up there to visit. I know he's uh, I know he's a fixture at the Lake Louise Inn if you look at the historical photographs. But you're actually on the you're actually on the right path by naming quarterback. Because you got a few more quarterbacks that you can name. Uh, right. Was Montana originally from Pennsylvania? Yes, he was, and even more famous. More famous. Joe Namath. Oh, Namath. Joe Montana was better than Namath, but uh, Kobe and Bryant, King, obviously. Well, I said most famous. I didn't say better, did I? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> the list is most famous. Now, if it's better. If it says who's better, then I better be number one on your list, Reed. <laughs> the only other name I could think of off the top of my head is because we keep playing that commercial from, for the new show Bel Air, the dramatized version of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I believe Will Smith actually was from uh, Philadelphia, born and raised. I believe that is true in the song. You are, you are correct. And then on the other side of the state, you got Arnold Palmer from Latrobe. Oh, I should have known that. Yes, from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. That's right. Yeah. Now, Latrobe is also is also home to a very popular beer. I think slightly less popular in Canada, but Canadians have heard of it. Rolling Rock. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's also Latrobe. 
I'm just looking up the Latrobe Brewing Company. Wow, we've we've covered a lot in two short minutes, Jack. This is awesome. Okay, that's because I provide meaningful content on this show, which is welcomed by your audience. Well, you you really do. I get. You, I mean, you could say you're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. Anyway, well, I'm I am confused. one of the backbones of this program. There's no doubt about it. That's why I'm on so frequently. I believe. You know, the bosses often, you know, press a button with you and say, Reed, it's time. It's time. Yes, we I get spike. We need the a red spike phone rings. Yeah, I yeah. got I got this special red phone. It actually rings. Like it has a cord and a, a handle. It's not a cell phone. It's not a digital phone. And I answered, and they're like, there was this mysterious voice. Put Jack on the show. Now, I am confused. And as you know, I often am. But I think I have reason to be tonight. Why are you in, I believe, anyway, you're in Toronto for a game between the Oilers and the Capitals. What's going on? That is correct. We're going to be broadcasting it remotely. And apparently, logistically, it makes, uh, you know, it makes it work for Sportsnet to have us in Toronto. So I'll be doing uh, Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey live from actually uh, the building that you and I first knew is the Sky Dome, which is now, of course, Rogers Center, home of the Blue Jays, and I will be broadcasting the Washington-Edmonton game from Toronto tomorrow night. From the, the Sky Dome. So this is another building you're going to be able to say you called a hockey game from, even though it wasn't happening right in front of you. Correct. And if Dan Schulman and Buck Martinez don't watch it, I might set up permanent stakes. <laughs> now, are, you, are they going to put the game on the big jumbotron there, or are you going to have monitors in front of you? I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain right now, as a matter of fact, I don't think you can expect pictures from me tomorrow because I'm under the, I am under the impression that Rogers Center is being significantly renovated right now. And not only is the Jumbotron out of commission, but yeah, they've got massive overhauling going on right now. So I do not believe I'm allowed to take photographs for use on social media because Rogers or, you know, the people that run the Blue Jays, I don't know. I've been told to stay off social media when it comes to presenting my exact location. I could probably take a picture of the booth. I just can't take a picture of the field or, you know, some of the renovations going on because they don't want that open to the public. Well, well, that's that's amazing. Okay, well, yeah, I hope we at least get a picture of, of, of the booth you're in or wherever. So, interesting stuff. Jack Michaels joining us then at Inside Sports. Oilers at the halfway point, Jack. I think I'm in the visiting I... radio booth is where I am. I think I'm oh, in the cool. visiting TV booth or radio booth or, you know, I'm, in other words, I'm right behind the home plate. I just don't think I'll be able to take pictures of the field. Okay. Uh, halfway point of the season for the Oilers. Just out of a playoff spot in terms of points percentage. A wild discrepancy. I was going over it off the top of the show. First 21 games, they go 16-5. and five. The most recent 20 games, they go 6-11-3. and three. Uh, Massive drop-off with the penalty kill. As well, the power play, though. I think they could have survived that if the penalty kill uh, would have been a, li- a, a little bit better. And I guess, uh, to me now, one of the big storylines, and of course there are some ongoing storylines with goaltending and stuff like that. How does the top nine look with Kane? The, you know, the bench got shortened last night, and interesting that Cassie and, and Fogel had their ice time uh, cut back. But now, I, I'm really curious, how is this top nine going to look? Who's going to answer the bell tomorrow against a much better opponent than the Washington Capitals? 
Well, it's funny because as you say that, the Capitals are in a real dogfight right now with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, They just had an apparent equalizer taken off the board, I believe, and it's 3-2. But more importantly, in this game, Reed, Washington has lost its starting goaltender, Vitacek. Uh, they've lost uh, Tom Wilson. I'm not sure he's returned to the game. He went underneath about five minutes ago. And also it looked like uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk might have suffered some sort of, you know, abdominal groin injury. So, you know, the Capitals are a little beat up right now. They don't have Anthony Mantha. They don't have TJ Oshie. Uh, Vita has been out playing Ilya Samsonov lately. Uh, and actually not just lately, the entire season, basically. So, uh, this is a game that, you know, Edmonton, you know, can can obviously go in and win. We know that. But it's it's a game that I think will, you know, will dictate some things heading into the second half of the year. I, I think it's an important game because it's the last break for the Oilers. They're going to have six days between games. And then it's going to be 40 games in 81 days to finish the season. Read. I mean, that's more... That is more hectic than the 2013 lockout campaign when they played 48 and 98. This is going to be, you know, just slightly more demanding. So uh, they've got some things to sort out, but I I don't think Washington is an opponent right now that's at full strength. Uh, Edmonton has its full complement of personnel. I expect Mike Smith uh, to be available as a backup tomorrow. I'm not sure whether he will, uh, but I would suspect that the Oilers will – go ahead and allow that five day, you know, five days, six days between games to, uh, you know, to dissipate so that, you know, you come out of the gates, I believe with the front end of a back to back right away, they go Vegas, Chicago right away. So I do think Mike Smith will be ready for one of those two games, which is why I don't believe he'll play tomorrow night. I, you know, I, I just have a hunch that they'll go ahead and, and allow that hand an extra six days to heal. Jack, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, enjoy the experience of calling a game inside Rogers Center. I can't wait to hear all about it, buddy. We'll see you soon. That's all I get. I'm going to have to make a phone call. Yeah, use the red phone. <laughs> see you, pal. That's Jack Michaels checking in. Kelly Rudy on Inside Sports. How did that goal go in in overtime? Six thirty, Chad. Inside sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.